Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. Uh, my brother and I, uh, when I was just a wee thing, I don't know if that's wee thing or that, but anyway, uh, we were in Illinois and uh, I was, we were out in the woods. And again, my brother's older than I, about three years older than me. So at that time, he could run faster and jump higher than I could, but after a while, not so much. But anyway, we're out in the woods, and uh, we see this uh, uh, beehive. And uh, we were thinking, hey, let's just aggravate this thing. You know, let's do something to this thing. And, and so we started throwing uh, some rocks and different things at it. And before long, there is a, an incredible swarm of bees that came out of that thing and started chasing us. Well, they're going to land on the first person they can get to, which was me, because I couldn't outrun my brother. And he was just flying away ahead of me. And we got back to the, uh, uh, to the house where I was at, and my, I had blue jeans, of course, on, and, and my whole blue jeans were just covered with bees. I mean, they just wouldn't go away. And uh, my, I had you know, stings all over me, and so uh, uh, out in the front yard, they unbuckled my pants, and my dad grabbed me underneath the arms and, and picked me up and out of the, uh, you know, the, the pants and sets me down over here, and then they get rid of the pants and not for all those bees, and then this lady next door uh, saw what was happening. She was probably 150 years old, and, uh, and she chewed tobacco, uh, she really did. She says, oh, I know how to fix a sting, you know, so she comes over and starts spitting on me, and, uh, and I'm going, dude, I got this spitting junk all over me, you know, and, uh, it worked. <laughs> I felt better by the next day or something, but anyway, I've been addicted to tobacco ever since, no, I have not. But anyway, uh, you say, why are you talking about that? Well, I'm talking about a positive thing today about honeycombs, uh, not a negative thing. But that just, while I was studying for this, it, it just brought back that memory of, of flying through the woods, uh, trying to get ahead of those bees. Couldn't do it. They, they're so fast. And, uh, and the humility, uh, humiliation, I should say, of being out front. Uh, in the house. They didn't take me inside or in the backyard. It was out front. Oh, pick him up out of his pants. Oh, thank you very much, everybody. So anyway, I, I got saved, and uh, it was a good thing. But uh, this portion of Scripture is uh, in Psalms chapter 19, 7 through 10. Psalms chapter 19, 7 through 10. I don't have anything on the overhead today. Uh, and if I go like this sometimes and read, uh, it's because this contact is really weird today. I've cleaned it 16 times and put it back in. Of course, when I left home, I thought it was good. Uh, but everything's sort of blurry up close. So I'll do the best I can. If I, if I read a wrong word, just say, oh, amen, bless him, Lord. That's okay. That's all right. Psalms chapter 19 and verse 7. Now listen to this. The Lord uh, talks about his word and himself in this scripture, and then he gives uh, what it does for us. Think about this as you go down through here, a, a, a word of what the, uh, a description of what the word is and then how it affects us. 
Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect, doing what? Reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, uh, enduring, uh, enduring forever. See, I almost got it. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, talking about the Word and God Himself, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, uh, than honey from the comb. All of these things that talk about what God is to us and the Word of God, because basically it's talking about His Word and how it affects our hearts and our lives. I want to talk to you about the honeycomb today. And I hope you have found the honeycomb. There was a man and woman that was sitting in uh, the balcony one time, a husband and wife. uh, And it's supposed to be a true story. And uh, they they were worshiping God on a Sunday morning. And he looked just wonderful. She looked wonderful, blessed of God. And in a couple days, he passed away. And so, of course, the pastor went over to the house to visit with the wife and, uh, you know, to see how she was and pray with her and all these kind of things. And uh, they started talking about her husband and all these kind of things. And, and eventually she said, you know why my husband loved to come to church there at your church? And he said, well, no, I'd like to hear it. And she said that he loved to come and be around people that had found the honeycomb. You say, well, what did that mean? She liked and he liked to be around people that had found some sweetness in life. Some people that have found the blessings of the Lord. And I want to tell you, people will come here to church whenever we as a group of people, and we do already, find that honeycomb. Because the Word of God does this, and the commandments of God do that, and and the fear of the Lord does this, and and it is sweeter than honey, much sweeter than the honeycomb. And so, you know, when you have this uh, thought process or or thinking about a honeycomb, as I said, you're out in the woods and you you see a hollow tree, and there in it is is a bunch of bees with honey in it. Uh, And uh, our son had honey things out in his backyard for, you know, creating that. Hives, honey hives back there, things. Uh, thank you, appreciate that, you know. And, and so you go out there and you put the little mask on, whatever, and they fly around, you get honey, and it's just, it's just delish. How many believes that? It is delish. But what you hold in your hand today and what I'm holding uh, right here is the Word of God, and it described it in this Psalms. And in this Psalms, it tells what this word, the instruction from it, the help from it, the the word from it, uh, uh, the commandments from it, all of this does, it makes your life sweet. And I think that we as Christians should be some of the sweetest people around. Let me see. 
Well, there's only a few grumpy people here. I don't know. So maybe by the end of the service, you, you know, we won't be all so grumpy. But whenever he is talking about this, uh, this honeycomb and all the things that comes to us, he's talking about being uh, uh, successful, uh, about being prosperous, about being blessed, uh, a sweet expectation, uh, a position, or even a, a taste that, that's going to bless us. And, and I want to tell you, as we were here uh, in worship this morning, uh, and people were around praying, what they were doing is they were feeding on some honeycomb. They were feeding on the blessings of God, and even though maybe you didn't have the opportunity to come down, maybe you didn't need to come down today for prayer, it was a sweet, sweet, sweet time in the presence of God. How many's ever been in a church where you just really think, I think I'll head out the back door on this one? Uh, yeah. I've been in some churches that were pretty bad, uh, some churches that were more fight than love, uh, they were more divisive than, than unity, and, uh, and you know, you come to this place, you go, why are our churches that way? I sense, and I've told people over and over and over again, this is a great church. Do you believe that it's a great church? And again, right around the corner, we have uh, our new pastors coming, uh, uh, Chris and Amy Stubbs, and they're going to be a tremendous blessing to this church. And I want to tell you, they're going to bring with them some sweetness and some love and some care, and we can feast on the things of God. It's the Word of God, and it's His direction, His guidance, His help. And whenever you guys voted uh, uh, back in December, it, you know, I told some people uh, lately that whenever I, they asked me to come on as the interim pastor in the first of December, and I thought, well, that's three or four months until they get here. That's a long time. Wow, it's went by real fast, you know. And, uh, and, but, you know, this, this place and this people is sweet. And you say, well, you know, would you rather be powerful in raising people from the dead or have, have sweetness in the church? I would rather have sweetness in the church. I, I love the raising of the dead and the healing of the blind and all that kind of stuff. But when people come into the door, they need to feel and sense the blessed and the sweetness of the Lord in this place. That is what will build the church. That is what will attract people to this place, is to walk in the door. And you know what? How many ever walked into a home and you recognize, ooh, they got some tension here? You walk into a business or into a room and, ooh, I think I'll back out of here. People can sense that when they come through the front doors of the churches. And I want to tell you, I want when people walk in these doors go, ah, oh, this is marvelous. Wow, I never knew that churches still had this kind of feeling about them. I didn't realize that people would treat me so wonderfully and that the Word of God was so rich and so real that whenever it's, it's preached, uh, souls actually come to the altar and people get met and prayed for. This is an amazing church and you need to be blessed because of you being here, being faithful to this church for all your, some of you all your life almost. God is a good God. And he has in store some incredible, incredible things. Do you feast on the honeycomb of our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ? I hope you do. Because it blesses me to see these things take place. 
The Bible talks whenever he's talking to Israel about getting out of Egypt. He says 17 times. You can count it later on for yourself. He says, I want you to get up and get out of Egypt. I want you to get away from Pharaoh 17 times in a little different ways. And he says, I want you to go to a place that is flowing with what? Milk and honey. He says, there's a better place for you. And let me tell you this morning, I don't know if anyone came up this morning for salvation or you just needed something from the Lord or whatever it was, uh, but I want to tell you, if you don't know Christ, uh, God would say to you what he said to the Israelites, get up from where you're at and go to a place flowing with milk and honey, and that is to the Lord himself. That is to the kingdom of God. And I would tell you, if you're here this morning and, and your, your life is just sort of a mess, uh, Go to God. Why, why was the blessings of God listed here in this portion of Scripture? Because they were participating and receiving the Word of God, the instructions of God, the things of God that literally changed their life. How many wants the joy of the Lord? How many wants to have peace and direction and excitement in your life? It comes from the living God. And so whenever you are here in this place, Seek out the honeycomb. Seek out people that have tasted it and can give you some from themselves. And I'm not talking about the literal honeycomb that has bees in it that's going to stick to your pants and, and sting you. I'm talking to the blessings of God that wants to be poured out on each and every one of us. The honeycomb, 17 times. Get up, get out of here. You're going to go to a place that is going to be a great blessing to you. You know, we talk about getting to. How do you, how do you get there? How, how do you get there? Well, Ezekiel, he talked about it one time whenever he talks about eating the Word of God. He says this, Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Ezekiel, sitting around one day, says, I'm going to eat the Word today. I'm going to eat it, I'm going I'm to partake of it. And see, he said, as I swallowed it, 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 it became sweetness to me. I want to give you about, about four things, I believe it is, that will help you get the sweetness of God in your life. How many is ready? You want to hear it? Learn the difference. Learn the difference between Satan's voice and God's voice. You say, uh, okay, well... There was a story about Jesus. It's found in Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 10. You can look it up for yourself a little later. But Jesus is, is, is taken by the Spirit of God, actually, out into the wilderness to be tempted. And Satan shows up. And he starts uh, offering uh, uh, Jesus all kinds of uh, uh, things. He says, look, you're hungry, because if you read the scriptures, uh, he had been fasting for a while, and it says that Jesus was hungry. And so as he's out in the wilderness, uh, the devil comes along and says, look, there's a, there, there's a rock right there. Why don't you turn that rock into bread, and you won't be hungry anymore? And he goes on, and, and, and he says to him a little later on, look, I, I'm going to set you up on this pedestal. You're going to see all the kingdoms of the world, and I'll give them to you. He goes on a little further down, and he says, you know what? You should pray that, uh, uh, that the angels come and, and lift you up, lest you stub your toe. Well, 
none of those is a wrong thing to pray. Come on. Jesus could have turned that into bread and ate it. And he could have been given all of the kingdoms of the world. And he could have prayed and asked the angels to not stub his toe. And they would have lifted him up. And nothing that Satan had said to him was literally wrong except for he always followed these promises that if you will serve me, if you will bow down to me, if you will give me your worship. And so I want to tell you, Satan tells a lot of truths. But it always comes with a hook in it. You want a blessing, you want this, you want that. I'll do for you what God doesn't want to do for you. I'll give you something. God's not going to do it. But here's the hook. I'm going to, I need you to be where I'm at. I need you to serve me. And Jesus uh, was wonderful because he kept saying to, uh, uh, to Satan, oh, it is written. He, he went back to that honeycomb and said, Satan, you don't understand. It's written that I shouldn't do this, shouldn't do that, shouldn't do that. And finally, uh, uh, Satan went away in a huff. Oh, well, I can't, can't tip Jesus. Well, number one, Jesus was Jesus. And number two, he knew the Word of God and that gave him direction and guidance in his life. I want to tell you, even people that come around the altars and, and, and receive something from the Lord, you know who's waiting for you sometimes right outside that door? Satan. And he's got a big spiritual two-by-four that he's going to smack you in the head with and say, oh, how about the blessings of God now? Because Satan has a really slick arsenal. You know, we say, well, he's not as smart as God. Well, no, he's not. He's not as smart as God at all. But the deal is, he has been around for thousands and thousands, maybe millions of years in eternity past. He's got it together. He knows. He can read your face. Because uh, I can just standing up here, and I'm just a mortal. But I can look over, uh, over this and go, okay, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going well. Well, that person, I don't know. You know, I can read that. And if I can do that, Satan does that all the time. And so he's making agreements with people. He's trying to talk to people that maybe are even Christians and say, look, I got a shortcut for you. Because the shortcut for Jesus was to go back and tell Satan, okay, I'll take those kingdoms. I'll, I'll, I'll take that bread. That was a shortcut because what was the long haul? Going to the cross. Dying on the cross, taking the, the, uh, 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 the thorns in his head, the beating on the back. Uh, and, and that's what he had to do to get the kingdoms. That's what he had to do to get ahead in life. And, and, and the Lord, I mean, Satan just came along and said, let me give you a shortcut. Let me give you a shortcut. Let me tell you, there's no shortcuts in life. There's really not. Many of you have served God for years and years and years. And I, you need to be blessed for it. Some of you are just starting out on your journey for the Lord. But Satan will always be there and try to say, look, I got a shortcut for you. I got, I, I got something I want to offer you, and it sounds really good. But it's that hook. And Jesus, in this scripture, said it over and over and over again. No, it's written. You can't live by bread alone. You should never, you know, worship uh, anyone else but the, but the Lord. And he goes on and on and on. Why? Because the Lord had the ability to hear only the voice of God. Every morning of Jesus' life, 
especially in his public ministry. It says that he got up in the morning and he went and he prayed. And more than just praying, he got his instructions for the day. <laughs> and so uh, when he knew that he was going to go past this dead person and was going to raise him from the dead. He knew he was going to go over here and, and send this guy with uh, mud in his eyes to the pool of Siloam. Uh, he knew that he was going to go past here and there was going to be thousands and thousands of people needing to be uh, fed. And the father told him every morning, okay, here's your assignment for today. You're going to do this, 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 this. Because Jesus said, I only hear and only say what my father says. I only do what I see my father do. And so he was on, you know, if Jesus would have died any other way than what the father told him to die on a cross, there would not be salvation for anybody. Jesus goes along and goes, well, you know what, that cross, I don't know about that cross. I'm not going to go to that cross. I think I'll have somebody just shoot me or stab me. That's a whole lot better than, and I still die anyway. No, it wasn't that he died. He died the way that his father told him to die. That's what got us our salvation. That's what shed the blood for us. And so we live in a life, and we're going, how do I get to this honeycomb of blessings? You must start listening to the Word of God and to the voice of God. The voice of God will tell you where to go, how to do, and, 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 and what He thinks of you. I gave away a, uh, uh, a page on Wednesday night some long time ago that had listed, I don't know, two or three pages of things that God thinks about you. And they were just a list and a list and a list of how, how you're blessed, how you're part of Him, how you're a child of God. And it goes on and on and on about the blessings of God. This is what the Lord wants you to listen to. There is sweetness in the Lord. There's hardness in this world. How many knows about hardness? It's tough out there. It's tough out there. But you know what? This is not the toughest it's ever been. There's been people in the past thrown into uh, uh, gas chambers and killed, I think it's called the Holocaust. Uh, there's times in our lives or in our history where terrible and rotten and horrible things have happened. Uh, and I don't know that we are suffering under blood yet. I don't think we are. And the Lord wants to give you this sweet, sweet, sweet honeycomb to get you through this life that we live. Satan offered him many, many things, but for themselves, again, Jesus would have changed everything about himself. Number two, learn that we cannot watch people if we're going to serve God. Thank you for the amen. Even in church, you can't watch people. Not possible. I, we've, you know, I, I've preached a sermon one time, how to know people are leaving the church. <laughs> it was hilarious. You know, they're, they're going, hi, yeah, I'm a part of the church. Yeah, yeah, I love the Lord and I love the church. And I'm, you know, and they just back right out and you're going, what happened? Many times it's because they have listened to people. They've turned their eyes from God to people. How many has ever been hurt in church? By people. 
and you go, oh my goodness, if, if, if I'm hurt in church and people have done that, I shouldn't be here. I, I'm just going to go and be somewhere else. Uh, and they generally end up away from God and away from the, the church and away from the things of God because somebody hurt them. Now, can I just throw this out to you? Someday, someday we're all going to stand before God. And I, I want you to think about trying to explain to God why you didn't serve him simply because somebody hurt you. Think how trivial that will be at that moment. You're standing before the God of the universe. The, the, the earth is his footstool. So he's way up there, and God looks over at you and goes, Hey, what in the world happened? Well, you know, Gene, he just... He hurt me, and he said bad things about me. So? <laughs> so? <laughs> well, I guess that's not a good excuse. <laughs> no, it's not. Whenever you get to a point where people in the church especially, and I'm preaching to the church this morning, you get to that point where people in the church has hurt you. And matter of fact, we, we've talked about it on Wednesday nights, and, you know, pastors are in here, uh, and, 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 you know, if you think you've been hurt in church, pastors sometimes are just ripped apart in church. Uh, I feel good. I'm fine. Uh, but, you know, you do live in this world where it's not nice sometimes. But the deal is, let me, let me see here. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. I've heard that forever and ever and ever. And however I can get to heaven, that's what I want to do. And so I'm not going to let anybody that I look at here or in this world keep me from going to heaven. And so people can be mean. Matter of fact, I, I, I told Wednesday night, uh, uh, we were talking about judging, not judging, and some things like that. I told about a guy that we had in our first pastorate. Uh, for some odd reason, from the time I got there, he, he just hated me. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I, I'm the head of the board, the chairman of the board, and the president of the corporation. That's what you are when you're the pastor. Well, he comes to me and he says, Pastor, I don't think you need to come to the board meetings ever. And uh, we'll let you know if, uh, if you need to know anything. And you, you guys that are right here that know me know that didn't fly very well. And so we said, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to come, and, you know, I'm supposed to be the head of the board, and so we're going to do this. So anyway, it went south from there. And uh, so he would stand at the door of the church, stand at the door of the church to welcome. He's a greeter. And he would say, welcome to First Assembly of God. Our pastor is a reprobate. Huh? Oh, hello, you're brand new, and you're not, oh, well, God bless you. It's nice to have you here for the first time in your life. Our pastor's a reprobate. Come on in. Oh, yeah, and when they left. Oh, by the way, remember, our pastor's a reprobate. You know what? Still here, still serving the Lord, still in love with God, still in love with the church of Jesus Christ, because God gave the church. God gave the church. He gave apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists for the edification of the body of Christ so that the church could do the work of the gospel. And so again, uh, you know, you, 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 if you wanted me to rehearse all the junk down through my life, uh, and I'm still standing here happy. 
You and I must get a hold of the honeycomb and stop looking at people. If somebody is here bothering you, uh, Chris and Amy will be here, and they have had a history in the church from years gone by. They were my youth pastors uh, for many, many years and done a marvelous job. But the fact of the matter is, when they get here, you're going to transition from me over to them, and you may go, well, I don't like it, don't like it. Don't get your eyes on people. Get your eyes on the will of God. Because the will of God was set in stone whenever they were elected. They were elected and they're coming and they're going to be the leaders of this wonderful church. I've had a lot of people say, well, what's going to happen to you, Pastor? I said, well, he's going to kick me out the side door. I don't know. No, he's not. (laughs) He's not going to at all. But I want to tell you, if you're here this morning, and people bug you, you're playing right into Satan's hand. He is enjoying life when people bug you, especially in church, especially when it's related to your salvation. Oh, yeah, look at that person over there. You, you know, and I, I love it whenever Peter was walking with Jesus, uh, you know, on the, on the beach there in, in Galilee. And, and uh, Jesus is telling Peter everything that is going to happen to him. Uh, you know, you're going to die, you're going to go, you're going to do this. And, and Peter notices uh, the, the, I always love it that he says the disciple that Jesus loved. <laughs> He's talking about himself, <laughs> I don't know if you've got caught that, but John is writing that book, and he calls himself that. You know, that guy that Jesus loves, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus tells Peter, what? None of your business. I'll take care of him. I'll take care of you. You keep your eyes on me. I want to tell you this morning, whenever you get your eyes off Jesus, bad things can happen. Your mind can be gone, your spirit can be crushed, your life can be destroyed or at least diverted. Oh, someday we're going to be beyond all of this. Someday we're going to hear a trumpet call of God, the voice of the archangel. Are you ready? And someday it's going to happen, and we're going to be out of here. We're going to be with the Lord. And all of this minute little junk uh, about brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so, and and this one and that one, and boy, my feelings, all of it's going to be gone. And in heaven, you're going to look back and go, what a waste of my life that was. What a waste of life. And I am going to serve God with joy because he deserves it. He's the one that died for you. Amen. We do not depend on emotions, but on a decision. How many remembers getting saved? Yeehaw! It is marvelous, wonderful. But a lot of times you are filled with grand emotions and sometimes you think in your spirit and your emotions that you're going to conquer the world and then sometimes as you go down the road as a Christian the emotions uh, sometimes turn different sometimes bad sometimes we stay good and all that kind of stuff but I want to tell you that the decisions that we make for the Lord God expects us to keep them I've, uh, 
I'm not going to preach this sermon at all this morning, but I, I've encouraged people because some people have come to me as a pastor and said, Pastor, I want to donate, or not donate, uh, uh, commit my, my drums to the Lord, that I'm going to give these to the Lord. And that's all. I said, be careful, be careful. Because if you give that to the Lord and then you go out and give it to the world, he's ticked. Seriously, he is. Lord, I'm going to give you my, my voice to sing your praises. And then you go out and you're doing bars and things. And the Lord says, eh, I'm ticked. You said he's ticked? Yes, the Bible says he is. He says I would re- should I say it? He says I'd rather for you to be killed than, than to, to, to change your, 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 your gift to me. If you dedicated something to me, I want you to keep it dedicated to me. And he doesn't want you to die and burn in hell, but he'd rather you die ahead of time before you make those changes and go to heaven instead of uh, continuing to use this in some other form. And the Lord has said, look, you want that honeycomb? Don't make just an emotional commitment to God or you will not last very long because emotions will go up, emotions will go down. But whenever they make those wide swings sometimes, it is that commitment, that commitment that you said, Lord, I receive you, I'm committed to you, I will not leave you, and I will not uh, desert you, I'll be there with you, Lord, the whole time. It is a commitment, not just an emotional thing that we're going through. Man, this is all shouting stuff this morning. (laughs) If your emotions have run ragged today, remember back to the commitment you made. I've given this illustration before, but we had a, a lady in our second pastorate that she was a rough one. Um, prostitute, various other things happened with her and to her. And uh, she got saved. And we baptized her in water. And one moment, after a little bit of time, she decided, I don't know, it's too hard. I don't think I'm going to serve God. She came to our house uh, and said, look, I've had it. I'm, I'm not going to do this anymore. We pulled out her VCR tape. You may remember those? <laughs> pulled out the VCR tape, slopped it in there, hit the button. And I'm in there with her in the water. And I said, do you commit yourself to the Lord? Uh, do you promise? Do you promise? And, you know, this and that. And she was testifying to the goodness of God. And that moment in her life, watching herself, she went back and said, I can make it again. Because she heard herself committing herself to the Lord. And it wasn't an emotional thing. It was a commitment. It will get you to heaven someday if you've committed yourself to the Lord and you stick with it till the day you die because life is not fun all the time. And again, emotions will wreak havoc with you. Lastly is this, and somebody can come if they want to. We must learn to praise God regardless of our circumstance and situation. Wow. The honey patch, the honeycomb, is a place of blessings, again, fulfillment, abundance, joy, strength, supply. And so we come and we go, Lord, I want, I want to worship you. There is a scripture in the New Testament that talks about ten leopards getting healed 
they all run away to go home. And again, I'd have done the same thing. You, you've been away from your family forever and ever and ever, and you've, you think you're going to die, and all of a sudden you get healed at, from leprosy. You're going to run home. One comes back and worships the Lord, falls down at his feet. He said, uh, Jesus said, well, I, I thought there was ten of you, and you know, nine's gone, just one's back. The one came back to worship the Lord. Let me tell you what. One of the things you can do to stay in sweetness is to find you a place of worship occasionally. You don't have to act like a crazy person, <laughs> you know, running around singing praises to God at the top of your voice and people going, what in the world's wrong with them? But you can have in your heart worship. The God of the universe gave his son to die on the cross for our sins. If you're born again this morning, you were going to hell. And now you are going to heaven. And it doesn't matter how bad anything gets. I am still convinced if the church is around long enough and if Jesus tarries, that the church will come under great persecution. And we're going to have to decide, as they have in, in many parts of the world, I'm going to serve God regardless. I'm going to worship God whether we have this beautiful facility to come to and worship together or we're in a home somewhere or in a basement somewhere. We're going to worship God no matter what because that is how you come to the place where you survive in this world. And I won't say only survive, but you thrive. Oh, Take just a moment right now. Father, we love you. <laughs> Tell the Lord you love him for something. Tell the Lord you praise him for something. Come on. You can say it out loud or say it from your heart. It doesn't matter. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your grace, your love. Lord, I'm thankful that you forgive us. Lord God, when we don't even deserve to be forgiven. You love us when we're unlovable. Lord God, you take care of us when we probably don't need to be taken care of. Lord God, I thank you for your honeycomb that you place in front of us, your word, your spirit, your direction, your guidance. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name. Lord God, if there's someone here this morning right now that is struggling with life and, and they're sort of struggling with their commitment they made to you, refresh them in their spirit, refresh them in their life. Lord God, that they would return to you holy. Lord God, blessed by you. Lord God, not as a drudgery, but Lord God, as a joy to you. Lord God, reveal the honeycomb that, Lord God, you want to give to us that is sweeter than anything else. It is your word. It is your spirit. It is you personally to us. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We glorify your name. Glorify your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know if I want to invite people to come up and pray for you necessarily. If you need prayer, that's fine. We'll have somebody do that. But I would really like to open up the altar just for anybody that would just like to say, you know what, I'm going to go taste it one more time. I've, life has been sort of tough and sort of challenging. And I'm going to be refreshed this morning just by coming to the, the altar and receiving of the Lord. Very, very quickly. I don't, we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. If you want to just receive something from the Lord and you're going to, you're going to come and just be blessed of God and receive some of that nourishment, come and do that.
If you feel like you have to go because you got obligations, that's fine. It doesn't matter to me. But I'd love to see the altars just filled with people saying, look, I, I just need to be touched. I, I need some of that honey that the Lord has to offer me. And I'm serious, if you have to go, I know the time is a little later than normal. You're free, free to go, it's okay, but let's just spend some time before the Lord if you want to. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. And as we're moving towards the altar just for a time of prayer, again, if you feel like you want to be dismissed, you are dismissed. Don't bother anybody around you praying, but just let God touch people in his hearts. It's been good to have you in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Lord, I come. I confess. Bowing here. Just I do what the Lord asks you to do. It's all right. Just do what the Lord's asking you to do. I fall apart. You're the one. Lord, let your sweetness that flow. guides my heart. Allow your blessings to flow, Lord. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Yes, we do, Lord. Every hour I need you. My one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. Oh, we love you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Your grace is more. Thank you, Father. Grace is found. Is where you are. Where you are, Lord, I am free. Holiness is Christ in me.
the sin runs deep. Thank you, Jesus. Your grace is more. His grace is found. Is where you are. Where you are, Lord. I You're my one. 